I'm a handshake and tater. I'm a spud with a plate. I'm a miracle that's great day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up with golf. I'm doing the best I can. The drunk tater. Good morning. Welcome to the Path Forward Utah. Still with our Trump Tater song as our theme song. I just have a hard time getting rid of it. But uh, I have a Trump Tater of the Award, uh, Trump Tater of the Day Award to give away today. And it is for Charles Barkley. So over the years, Charles Barkley, I mean, at one point at that, you know, he's he's talking like a conservative. Then he kind of backtracked. But he's been fairly consistent in recent years that he thinks both the Republican and Democratic Party are both flawed and and uh, and they are. And so I'm not going to disagree with him on that. But Charles Barkley made this statement. I'm just going to read kind of the entire statement that he made over the weekend. He said that the American political system is designed for politicians. And I think we can all say amen to that, that it is the Republican or Democrat to try to keep people divided along racial lines. So our leaders can keep their grasp on money and power. And uh, Charles Barkley is dead right on that. Um, He he made it. uh, I guess he made that comment on Saturday night yesterday. He says, I think most white people and black people are great people. I believe that in my heart, I I believe that in my heart, but I think our system is set up for politicians, whether they are Republicans or Democrats, to make us not like each other so they can keep their grasp on money and power. Politicians divide and conquer. I truly believe in my heart that for most white people and black people are awesome people. And that we are stupid for following our politicians, whether they are Republican or Democrat. We don't live in their neighborhoods. Um, So this is what he's saying to as politicians are basically saying, we don't live in their neighborhoods. Let's make whites and blacks not like each other. Let's make the rich and poor not like each other. Let's scramble the middle class. I truly believe that in my heart, Barkley ended with. And uh, so I have to give Charles Barkley. So I I went back because I was thinking, you know, a number of years ago, I remember Charles Barkley making some comments that uh, I was like, yes, he was one of the few um, high profile people that kind of came out against the Democratic Party. And then then he tended to sway back. But for the last couple of years, he's been fairly consistent in 2000. 19 i'll start there or 2020 this is may of 2020 charles barkley on running for alabama i guess he was asked if he was going to run for alabama alabama governor or was considering and he said democrats and republicans are both full of crap and then uh he says, I'm not uh, I'm not going to do the governor thing. So he, he kind of turned down that t- topic. He says, I think both of these parties are full of crap. They do nothing for actual people. The Democrats and Republicans are both full of crap. You see this now with the pandemic. They are doing they aren't doing anything to help these people. So that's in 2020, May of 2020. And I'm going to go back to a couple of years past that. So he's been fairly consistent on his, this is March of 2018. Um, 
In an interview with Brandon Robinson of the Scoop B Radio, Barkley said that if he ruled the world for one day, he would get rid of both Republicans and Democrats. They're both awful. They fight all the time like little kids. We have serious issues. We we need serious people trying to solve them. And uh, so anyway... Charles Barkley is going to get the Trump Tater of the Day Award. Um, I think he has spoken how most of us feel. And I just want to interject something there as he talks about his belief system that most blacks and whites are good people and uh, that love each other and and don't have these issues with race. Uh, Because I, I think it's sometimes hard for the Republicans at this time or conservatives because we've been divided so much uh, with the pandemic and with the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, that we may, I shouldn't say we, because I certainly don't feel this way, but there's a lot of conservatives that I have talked that are starting to kind of push away and feel all blacks are in this category of Black Lives Matter or this hate that is being spewed out against whites. And I'm just going to say, I don't, I truly don't feel that most are. And uh, so I'm going to give, um, give most blacks the same um, credibility that uh, Charles Barkley, you know, through both directions is I truly believe uh, most black Americans uh, love America and that they don't feel that uh, they have been systematically, well, I'm not saying that there's not problems because I've, I've spoken of many problems that I see in black America in, in, Neighborhoods that are highly dense, dense neighborhoods of uh, black Americans. There are some serious problems there, but I don't feel that there's this hate um, that the media and Black Lives Matter and others would have us believe there is. So we've got to make sure. And again, this is the motto for the path forward Utah. The motto is to live the best lives that we can live, be the best people we can be and try to do the most good that we can do. And uh, so we have to make sure that we have love in our hearts and we, we give people the bid and for the doubt. The media is showing us what they want to show us to divide us. Uh, the politicians are trying to divide us because then they can keep us distracted from actually accomplishing and solving the problems because it's to no benefit uh, to them if we actually solve problems. I mean, I mean Trump I'm going to uh, take out of that realm because Trump actually, he, was, he would be what I would call the pragmatic president. If there was a pragmatic party, that, that's the party I would want to join uh, because <clears throat> he was just about getting the business done. If there's a problem, let's fix it. You know, why are you kneeling for the national anthem? Come talk to me. Let's fix it. So it's prison reform. Well, let's fix it. He fixed it. And he started some great initiatives on prison reform. If it's judicial reform, I mean, he was very open. You know, the border, we have a problem at the border. Let's build a wall. Let's fix our immigration system. And when he initially, in 2017, uh, became, you know, was uh, after his inauguration, And uh, one of the first things he went about doing was uh, pushing for the border wall. But he was also very open uh, at that time. And this is why Ann Coulter kind of fell out with Trump. And she's a bitter, 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 bitter lady. (laughs) I don't know. What is your thought on Ann Coulter, Brian? She's funny, but uh, yeah, there's a little bitterness there. Yeah. I mean, I used to like Ann. You know, she's a little bit rough on the edge, but because... 
and for her not to have the astuteness to see all the all the crap that Trump was up against. And um, so he came out and uh, pushed for this border wall. But he was very open from the very beginning, giving legalization to the DACA uh, kids. And he was also and I think even Rush Limbaugh mentioned at one time that if we could really get the immigration, the, the border fixed and um and fix immigration that uh, the most Americans would probably be open to giving legal residency to those who had been here 15, 20 years illegally outside of the DACA kids. And, uh, and Trump was very pragmatic on that. I, I think he was just a very caring person, but he knew we had a problem and let's fix the problem. And, uh, but Republicans and Democrats alike, uh, I'm not going to, Stand up because I think uh, Paul Ryan was the most horrid, horrid speaker of the House. He intentionally undermined the agenda uh, of President Trump uh, as a Republican speaker of the House. And by doing so, I mean, he was at the bidding of the big, big companies. You know, they wanted mass immigration. And uh, so Paul Ryan uh, comes across as this little Boy Scout guy, but he's not. He's a corrupt politician and he was sold out to the big corporations and to the political system. And he intentionally undermined Trump from being a pragmatic president, really trying to f- solve our problems and, uh, and fix them. And, and Trump again, really believed that everyone, that he was not of a, this um, scarcity mentality that uh, everyone could find success in America as we fix the problems, as we stop this unfair competition with China, we stopped the unfair competition with all these other countries that were taking our jobs away because they had lower EPA standards. So they they could produce things without the same standards that uh, we were forced to to live by. I mean, there's all these different issues that made unfair competition, and uh, and Trump really stood up, you know, to these countries and stood up for Americans. Um, kind of deviated a little bit off the course, but I think the the bottom line is that. Uh, Charles Barkley um, was dead on when he talked about the corruption of both political parties and uh, and that they really didn't want to solve problems. And we did have a president that did want to solve problems. And unfortunately, uh, he's not in office right now. But uh, we'll be back on the Path Forward Utah and talk about some of the other issues going on today. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. And as we move forward in Utah, we move forward in America. So everything is local. We've got to start focusing in on our cities, our school boards. We have to focus in on our school boards because that we've just kind of, and it's tough because I've been a parent going and speaking at school board meetings. And I think it's sometimes the most arrogant group of people and politicians I've ever met. And I think part of that is because uh, there's really no accountability for school board members. And uh, so I I say that because this critical race theory, we've got to get a handle on that. I was watching a video uh, this morning of this professor, and this is out East. um, 
and he shows this picture of a, a white woman and a black woman, and it's the Zoom class. And so he's asking his students, or I assume it's a Zoom class, maybe it's in person, but it, it had the little picture of the professor up in the corner or the teacher up in the corner. So it's a Zoom class. And uh, so he's getting his students' feedback on what does this picture say? And it, the black girl and the white girl have their backs kind of turned, and they both look kind of happy. And so this guy answers, and the guy and I hate to say sounds like, but he sounds like he's probably a black American. There's a certain voice structure there that uh, just kind of laid back and chilled, but it could be anybody. But uh, if he was a black, a black American, I found this even more interesting because uh, he responded, well, it looks like two people chilling. And the professor says, I think you're being kind of coy on this. Is that really what you see? And he says, yeah, I see two people chilling. <laughs> and uh, anyway, the professor goes and just really berates this young man for be- taking this this little, this class uh, so um, flippantly, I think is the way he word he used. And how, you know, him trying to say he doesn't see race is racist and uh, went on and on on this kid. And the guy says, Hey, I don't see race. I don't, I, it looks like two people chilling to me. And it sounds genuinely that that's what this, uh, this young man was responding to by this picture. The professor was trying to provoke a, a response out of the class, you know, that they see and what I think the professor wanted to say is they see one person that's a victim and one person that's an oppressor in this picture. And, and and so there's another article I'll, I'll kind of jump uh, in the UK that the UK is mandating not only in K starting in kindergarten but even in pre um, school talking about this white privilege and and white supremacy and you know one of the things that psychologists say or if you have if you're someone who does affirmations. Um, that you never want to talk about and focus in on what you don't want to do because it puts it in your subconscious thinking. Uh, you know, that uh, if you focus in, I'm, I'm fat, I need to lose weight, I'm fat, you know, that or anything that you're trying to change your behavior, you don't want to focus in on the negative aspect of that behavior, but the positive. Um, and you want affirmations to the positive. And I'm sitting here thinking, here we are, we're trying to put this thought process into white kids as early as preschool kids talking about white privilege and what is that putting in their mind (laughs) i I mean i think it's affirming that somehow in their mind that they have this white privilege because by the nature of being white they're not talking economic privilege they're not talking some historical aspects that maybe have put black americans into uh, some disadvantaged positions, but they're using the word white privilege and they're putting that in over and over and over and over in kids' minds. And in the same time, they're putting in um, victim status into black Americans' minds. And that is so detrimental. That's going to reinforce the very, very stereotypical, I shouldn't say stereotypical, that's going to reinforce the very thought that they're trying to say that they're trying to undo. And, um, and that is basically trying to put in kids' minds that for some reason, by the very innate, uh, fact that you're born white or black, uh, makes you either an oppressor, a privileged person or a victim. And, uh, it is dangerous. 
And so we have to get involved in our kids' educations. We have to stop this nonsense that's being taught in critical race theory. Uh, it's just a very dangerous um, racist policy. And, and they're doing it in the name of, you know, trying to be woke. But uh, to me, it is the most racist policy in my lifetime that I've seen exercised. I'm all about talking about that there are certain benefits uh, through economic uh, privilege. And that because you have this, uh, and uh, as I mentioned on my program, that I'm a big Jordan Peterson fan. So Jordan, Jordan Peterson talks about this, that when you're having good luck, this exponential growth that can kind of take place, that, you know, you experience a little bit of good luck and then you get a little bit more and it's some financial success. And because of that financial success, it starts helping you realize more financial success. And so there is a there is something to a, a, a financial privilege, that economic privilege. And so that I'm not opposed to talking about at all, because the same thing happens in Jordan Peterson's talking about when you start having some bad luck and maybe you lose a job and then your self-confidence goes down. And then next thing you know, you start having some marriage problems or and um, so th this is real. This is real things that mess with your mind, good or bad. And uh, and so because of some of our historical uh, issues that we've had with slavery and Jim Crow that that perhaps did throw some economic, I should say perhaps it did throw uh, some economic disadvantage. But before the um, welfare state came into place, black Americans, even during Jim Crow, or had, or had the fastest growing middle class in America. They were excelling. They were resilient and they were, you know, they, they, they knew they couldn't depend, quote, on their oppressors. I mean, the very people that were trying to tell them that they couldn't eat at the same table or sit in the front of the bus or go to the same schools. They knew they couldn't depend upon their oppressors, quote, oppressors. So they had to be resilient and they weren't going to be victims and they were thriving. They had a great economy. Uh, marriage rates were very high and um, and they were doing they were doing especially the circumstance of just being um, out of slavery, you know, just several generations at that point, uh, just having incredible economic success. But all of a sudden, the Democratic Party, and I think it was intentional, um, implemented our welfare system and started telling black Americans that they were uh, victims. And you start getting that victim mentality. I'm not saying that they weren't victims. I'm just saying you start getting that victim mentality and it does something to you. And, um, and but before they were fighting against the people that were trying to oppress them and they weren't going to be defeated by them. They were being very resilient. And then they were coddled into this welfare system. And uh, it's just been very destructive. So again, we have some economic disparities that we need to fix. And there's economic disparities, even, you know, with white Americans, and you probably won't ever have complete equity and that's not what we should go for, because if we do have complete equity, none of us will have much of anything. Um, but to continue to reinforce this white privilege, black victimhood, 
is racist. It's harmful to black Americans. Uh, I think it's harmful to, to everyone, especially harmful to kids who were trying to instill in their minds by the mere nature of their being born, either with white skin or dark colored skin, that it puts them into a system of either privileged or oppressed. It's, it's bad. We need to get out there and we need to fight for our teachers. There's a school board. There's a teacher that was uh, testifying a school board meeting saying, yeah, y'all have got to stop this or you're going to lose every good teacher you have. And there for a while, you know, I kind of blamed it, you know, the liberal education system and, and these teachers that are getting produced by these universities. But our teachers are victims of this that's being forced on them. We have to stand up and fight for our students, for our children, and for our teachers and for our country. So get back on the path for Utah where we've talked more about how we can move forward and what we need to do and take this take this fight um, to a new uh, fight. I hate it, it but it is. It, 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 we're, we're in a battle. So we'll be back on the path for Utah in just a minute. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. A lot has happened since I was last on this program. I'm Jamie Renda, your host. Again, just a kind of a reminder of our our uh, weekly layout uh, tomorrow will be Ryan Woods, a.k.a. Lady Maga. And he is a gay conservative, the president of Log Cabin Republicans. And uh, and I get a lot of heat uh, from some conservatives because of the voice that I want to give Ryan on our program in this platform, and uh, which is unfortunate because they don't see the fights that we're up against and how one just to preserve liberty. We need every liberty seeking American to be working together. And uh, Ryan has been out there fighting for the reelection of Donald J. Trump um, harder than anyone I had seen in the Patriot movements or just as hard. He's just been a real Patriot. He's a big advocate for the second amendment for first amendment. And he believes in religious freedoms and does not want to dictate uh, to religious people what they can and cannot believe. And uh, but on issues like the HB 92 or 302 women, you know, biological males competing with women or young kids taking um, hormones that would transgender them before they have the mental capacity to make such a decision. These are things we have to work together on and we need to unite arm in arm with every patriot that's out there. So on Wednesday, we have Dr. Marcy, who will help us kind of put in perspective our mental frame of mind as we move forward on different issues and help us focus in on self-awareness and good coping skills. On Thursday, every other Thursday, we have Ignacio uh, Valdez and uh, Caliente, in Caliente, the hot news from uh, from Ignacio, and uh, he's focusing on Latino issues, border, anything that's um, perhaps connected to Latino population, and also just everything that's connected to America. Uh, and then Friday, we have Bob McEntee, who is a local expert in 
keeps up with everything that's going on in Utah politics and uh, will keep us informed there. So that's our, our layout of the week. And uh, so just again, uh, this happens to be my passion for 20 years on outreach to black Americans and trying to fix these problems that we have in our political system, this disparity of a 90-10 vote, 10% Republican, 90% Democrat, and trying to shift that vote. So you would think that's because that's my passion. That's why I'm focusing on all the topics that I'm focusing on. I'm really, it's really not the reason I'm focusing on all the topics. It just happens to be that these are all the big topics of the day. So we're going to talk about Delta Airlines, the Major League Baseball, and also Coca-Cola. And uh, these crazy corporations that want to uh, shove down the American people uh, one set of values while in openly embracing communist China and Russia and all these horrendous places that allow no freedoms. And yet they want to lecture us on a voting law that was uh, passed in Georgia. So Georgia, after being manipulated by the pandemic and some of the things that were altered in state and allowed to happen during the pandemic, during the 2020 election, uh, the legislative uh, House and Senate came together and created a, a, a voting um, safety act. Uh, I don't, I forgot what they called it actually, but basically uh, pulled in some of the very fundamental, as I mentioned uh, last week that uh, Jimmy Carter and James Baker in 2005 put together um some guidelines on how to make sure we had secure uh, secure elections that people could feel confident in. So the state of Georgia basically implemented some of these guidelines and uh, that would make expand voting opportunities, but at the same time make it very safe and where people were going to feel good about the elections. And so all of a sudden Delta who requires an identification to fly to check a piece of luggage. Now, right now, I was in, in this dilemma because I have a friend of mine that I said I would pay for his plane ticket if he was going to fly Delta just to go challenge them on an ID. And so we found a good plane ticket, a cheap plane ticket. But he goes, you know, Delta doesn't even check ID anymore. You know, you get your ticket at the kiosk, you go through security, and it's security that checks it. And I said, oh, but if you check a bag, Delta checks your, <laughs> checks your identification. So, you know, you can't fly on the airline without identification. And yet they are saying it's racist to uh, have voter ID laws. Uh, time and time again, people have gone into uh, black neighborhoods and have talked to uh, black Americans and have asked them, do you have an ID? Yes, I have an ID. Do most adults uh, in your community have IDs? Yes, they do. Do you find, what do you think about people who say that y'all have a hard time getting IDs? And they look just puzzled, like, well, why would we have a hard, a hard time getting ID? I need an ID to get on mass transit, to ride the bus. And uh, and so anyway, but then, then they go and they ask these liberal uh, white people, uh, do you think voter ID laws are racist? Oh, yes, they're so racist. And blacks can't, you know, blacks don't know how to get to the, uh, the DMV. Blacks don't know how to do this and blacks don't know how to do that. They don't know how to use a computer. They don't know how to use online. 
I mean, it's really racist stuff. <laughs> and uh, and so in, anyway, this is what Delta Airlines and Coca-Cola have came out chastising the state of Georgia, basically trying to put intimidate them into embracing uh, some of these voting wishes from the Democratic Party and Stacey Abrams that would allow for them to to cheat. And I'm not saying that black Americans would cheat because it's not black Americans who cheat at all. It's usually the white liberals who want to use and cheat and vote for black Americans that aren't voting. And they also want to use it. um, These loose voter ID or voter, no, having no voter ID to allow people who are in our country illegally or who are not citizens to cast a vote and not be held accountable. So anyway, so Coke and Delta uh, and Coke with their annual shareholders meeting uh, mandates that you have a a state ID to attend. So I guess if you're black, you can't be a shareholder of Coca-Cola because you have to share show an ID and uh, in Coca-Cola does not believe that you're capable of getting one. So these um, these corporations that are obviously so political. And, and I'm going to throw one more thing out for Delta Airlines, who fired my good friend and are my one of our hosts on the Path for Utah, Ryan Woods, um, fired him for being a conservative gay activist. Okay, I, So just think about that. I mean, fired Ryan for uh, exercising his First Amendment right to support President Trump, to support the First Amendment, to support the Second Amendment, outside of his work duties, never suggested in any of his media um, accounts that he worked for Delta Airlines, but fired him because of his personal views as a gay conservative. But yet these CEOs of these corporations want to go in there and call um, the majority of Georgians racist because they want a voter ID. And then to top it off, you have the Major League Baseball, which is so sad because Major League Baseball was one of the uncorrupted um, sports out there. And uh, all of a sudden, Major League Baseball is moving out of Georgia, out of the city of Atlanta for their um, oh, trying to think what playoff it is, but one of their major games major games. And so they're, they're moving that out of the state, which is going to cost, you know, the state and these people who work uh, for that uh, series, a hundred million dollars plus. And uh, so it's hurting again, the very people that they're saying that they're supporting. Um, So major league baseball, Coca-Cola, Delta airlines, I think American airlines even chipped in uh, on this, which is unfortunate. Uh, are wanting to push their standards, their woke standards on America by trying to weaken our election system. And yet they say zip zero about China, about all the human rights abuses that's going on in China, in Hong Kong, Taiwan. Um, They don't want to speak up for freedom at all. Um, in these cases, they don't want to speak out against human rights, but they're going to speak out against the state of Georgia for passing a fair voter rights initiative to protect our elections. So again, we're going to have to take a, a play out of the Democrats handbook and we've got to speak with our dollars. We've got to be calling 
Delta and Coke and Major League Baseball and tell them that we're done, that we're not going to support them, we're not going to fly on their airplanes, drink their products, and go support uh, Major League Baseball games or watch it on television. So we'll be back on the Path Forward Utah in just a minute. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. Uh, just again, I think the liberals out there, I shouldn't say the liberals, the left, uh, I think the liberals are kind of a dying breed somewhere in the middle and they're getting lost in the arguments. Uh, but the left out there, uh, I think they just feel like we're pansies. I don't know what they think, but they think they can push us around and bully us and bully these corporations and that we're not going to fight back. And, uh, and I don't mean fight back like on January 6th and going over and doing something stupid, but we have to fight with our money. We have to fight with making calls and keeping these headquarters phones ringing nonstop. Um, and so the state of Georgia, kudos to them. They're fighting back. First, they took away Delta's uh, tax exempt stat or uh, some type of tax benefit that they were given. They took that away. Uh, second, they're looking at taking away this um, for the Major League Baseball. They get some type of a break as well. I'm trying to think of what they call it, but uh, basically, you know, allowing them to be in a monopoly, you know, for the baseball industry. Um, but they get some type of tax benefit or even tax incentives or tax uh, funding uh, on this. So they're looking at stripping that away. Uh, the House and Senate members in the state of Georgia are looking are looking and some of them are already doing it, taking Coca-Cola, having Coke free zones Um and so these are some of the, the actions being taken uh, by the legislative branches. And, and now you even have Stacey Abrams out there a little bit crying because she misled people on what this voting law was all about. It's a little bit upset that they're uh, taking the all-star game outside of Atlanta and moving it outside of Georgia. And she's like, well, <laughs> maybe that's not a good idea. Uh, but you have Barack Obama and all these other people praising uh, Major League Baseball for being so woke and so proactive there. So anyway, there, there's some fighting back that's taking place. And so I'm glad to see that. But we have to fight back, too. And we have to start holding these corporations accountable and uh, and holding our leaders accountable. Uh, speaking of holding our leaders accountable, Republicans are always really quick to throw their own under the bus. And so I'm going to talk about the story with Matt Gates. Gats, I can't remember how to say his name, but uh, I happen to have liked uh, Matt. I thought he was very articulate. He was a fighter out there, but I didn't know much about Matt's personal life. And as this is coming out, we're all like, ah, if this is true, we're going to wash our hands of him. I do feel like we ought to give him the opportunity to to see what's true and what's not on this. But the more I've dug, the more I don't particularly like. I mean, but, you know, who am I? I, I shouldn't say that. Um, there's just certain aspects of things that are definitely true out there um, on some of the womanizing and some of the 
game plan that doesn't sound like it was just him, but multiple different legislators, both Republican, Democrat, uh, having games on who they can score sex with and other things that uh, just kind of distaste in my mouth. So at this point, you know, whether this the underage accusations are true or not, there are some distasteful things that are taking place that did take place that uh, definitely brings him down in my eyes. But then I look, you know, on the left, you know, Andrew Cuomo, we don't hear anything on the news anymore about Andrew Cuomo and the 10 accusers that were all Democratic staff members for the most part. And zip zero, nothing now. It's as if it never happened. And uh, so the Me Too movement only applies to the right, not to the left, because the left will never hold their own accountable. But uh, the Democratic Party, I mean, the Republican Party, however, is so quick to throw our own under the bus. And so I don't want to do that. I don't want to throw somebody under the bus without a fair uh, opportunity to defend themselves against allegations. But uh, I do think we are in and we should be willing to hold people accountable when they make mistakes intentionally or unintentionally that they need some accountability there. But boy, I would sure like to see it on the left. I'd like to see at some point, I mean, the only one that they somewhat held accountable. Oh, who was the crazy looking Senator? Um, it was a comedian. Brian, help me out here. Al Franken. They held Al Franken. And the only reason they held, held him accountable is because they were trying to come down on Trump. So they had to sacrifice one on their own. It wasn't because they really wanted Al Franken out. They just wanted him out to show that, look at us. You know, we're so, you know, righteous and we're holding this guy accountable. Of all the people they held accountable, Al Franken, because the accusations against him, they were disturbing, but they weren't just off the charts, they were nothing like Andrew Cuomo's, and uh, but they were going to sacrifice Al, and he was a good team player and agreed to be sacrificed so they could try to hold President Trump accountable in the 2016 elections. Um, so again, I hope this isn't true uh, to the extent of some of these allegations, but if it is, I hope that we as conservatives, regardless of the left and how they behave and how they continue to let people like Andrew Cuomo maintain their office, that uh, that we do hold people accountable, but, uh, but we do so after they're given a fair opportunity to defend themselves. So again, as you look at what can I do, not everybody can get out there and make public statements because they have jobs, they have families and, and that could definitely, but you can get on the phone and you can call corporations and you can tell them how you feel. You can stop buying products, stop flying Delta, stop attending Major League Baseball or watching it on television until they change um, their actions. So there are things that we each can do in the privacy of our lives without impacting our jobs, our careers, our family. And so look for those opportunities of um, how you can support and make sure that we're supporting freedom freedom of speech, freedom of having a democratic election process and maintaining our, the integrity of our elections and um, maintaining our Second Amendment rights. Um, just the Constitution, what can you do? So this is my call to action. Look at all the areas that you can impact. And I'm not asking anybody to go out there and do something that's going to impact their livelihood, 
Um, though many are willing to, I myself am in that category that at this point, uh, if we don't fight hard, we may not have any livelihood and we won't have any freedoms if we're not careful. But uh, you have to do what's in your comfort zone. And look, and all of us in our comfort zone should be able to not support products of corporations that are intentionally trying to take away our rights and uh, are not fly on airlines that want to hold us to one standard and China to a different one and act all self-righteous or avoid watching a baseball game. We can all do those things. And that does not hurt ourselves, our career, our jobs, our family. So do the things you can do. Make the calls you can make. Make sure you're seeking out good leadership. Go to your school board meeting, uh, board meetings. Make sure you know what they're teaching our kids. And this doesn't mean if you even have kids in school. You don't have to have kids in school to go to a school board meeting. Uh, go as a concerned citizen, a taxpayer, and uh, make sure that uh, schools are Stick into mathematics and science and history and uh, and technology, computer science, arts, band. Make sure they're sticking to the things that are going to uplift our kids and not going into the social justice uh, issues. And uh, so you don't have to have kids in school to go to a school board meeting or to write to your school board. And uh, same with your cities and your counties. I mean, Get involved. Go to those meetings. Make sure you know what's taking place in your communities. So anyway, just a a shout out again that uh, encourage all of our listeners to to think of what it is you you can do in your life to be a better person. Uh, What areas in your life can you go out and make an influence in to uplift the lives of those around you? Um, whether it's a neighbor or friend, whether it's your local school or your homeless community, uh, whoever it is, just search out for opportunities to do the best good that you can do in your life each day. And we'll be back tomorrow with Ryan Woods on um, on the Path Forward Utah. So Ryan will be our guest tomorrow or our, our co-host tomorrow. Don't forget to put on for Wednesday again, Dr. Marcy. Uh, she will help keep us our mental health aligned and good coping skills and strategies. Uh, In Caliente, uh, Ignacio Valdez on Thursday for Latino issues and things going on uh, for Latinos and our outreach to Latino Americans. And then on Friday, Bob McEntee. So this is the, the program for the Path Forward Utah. Please share it with your friends to have them join in with us at 10 o'clock live or download our podcast on the Path Forward Utah. I have 10 seconds left, so don't forget, Path Forward Utah is the path for America. Our Trump Tater is the sponsor of this program right now, so check out Trump, T-A-T-E-R, TrumpTater.com. Follow us on social media as well. We will be having a a website for this program coming soon, so we'll be back on the Trump Tater tomorrow with Ryan Woods. 